think about the great cities in this country, and one of them will be New Orleans. On a recent evening, a scientist pulls up in the French Quarter. Joe Sejeda takes a plastic rod out of his trunk, and he proceeds to show us what could happen the next time a hurricane hits New Orleans. Okay, this is a tool that I have, a range rod. It'll show us how high the water would be if the city were hit with a Category 5 hurricane. Which would mean what? How many About feet? 20 feet of water above the ground that we're standing on right now. 20? 20 feet. So I'll extend this up. A Category 5 hurricane is the most powerful storm on a scientific scale. Sahada plants the rod on the sidewalk next to a 200-year-old building that's all wrought iron balconies and faded brick and wooden shutters. Every click marks another foot that the flood would rise up this building. I can't believe you're still going. Yeah, I know. Kind of shocking. Until a couple months ago, Sahada ran a prominent research center at Louisiana State University. They've developed the most detailed computer models that anybody's ever used to predict how hurricanes could affect this region. Studies suggest that there's roughly a one in six chance that a killer hurricane will strike New Orleans over the next 50 years. Sahada's still extending his stick. It's well above the uh, second floor there, and it's just about to the rooftop. It's hard to comprehend, really. It, it is, really, uh, to think that that much water would occur in the city during this, this catastrophic storm. Do you expect this kind of hurricane and this kind of flooding to hit New Orleans in our lifetime? Well, I would say the probability is uh, yes. Uh, in terms of past experience, we've had three storms that uh, were near misses that uh, could have done at least uh, something close to this. So basically, the part of New Orleans that most Americans and most people around the world think of as New Orleans would disappear underwater. It would. That's right. And just across the Mississippi River, Walter Maestri is struggling to help New Orleans prepare. Maestri is the czar of public emergencies in Jefferson Parish. That's the county that sprawls across a third of the metropolitan area. He points to a map of the region on the wall of his command post. A couple of days ago, we actually had uh, an exercise where we brought a, a fictitious Category 5 hurricane into the metropolitan area. The map is covered with arrows and swirls and erasable marker. They show how the fictitious hurricane crossed Key West and then smacked into New Orleans. When the computer models showed Maestri what would happen next, he wrote big letters on the map, all in capitals. K-Y-A-G-B. Kiss your ass goodbye because anybody who was here as that storm came across was gone. It was body bag time. We think 40,000 people could lose their lives in the metropolitan area. And some scientists say that figure is conservative. People have known for centuries that New Orleans is a risky spot. The biggest river in North America wraps around it, and most of the land is below sea level. But researchers say they've been learning just how grave the problem is only in the last few years, and they say the city and the nation aren't prepared to handle it. To begin to understand why, we clamber up the levees along the Mississippi River. There is no place in the world that has a levee system as extensive as this one. It's a monster system. Our guide is Oliver Houck. He runs the environment program at Tulane University Law School. The U.S. Army built this monster system we're standing on. Since the late 1800s, the Army Corps of Engineers has built more than 2,000 miles of high grassy embankments along the Mississippi and its branches. This levee system is to levees around the world 
the way the Great Wall of China is to walls around the world. I mean, there are other walls, and then there's the wall. And there are other levee systems, but this is the levee system. The Army built it because storms over the Mississippi used to cause massive floods. Back in the 1920s, the river gushed over its banks and killed thousands of people and forced a million to abandon their homes. It was always thought that the big threat of flooding in New Orleans was from the river. And it was, because it flooded regularly. And so we beat flooding by taming the river. The irony of history has been that we've, like one of those old citadels in the adventure story, defended ourselves against the enemy that we knew, which was the river. But to the rear and to the flank was this other threat that we're only beginning now to appreciate. And it may be too late to prevent. The first warning shots came in 1969. The remnants of killer Hurricane Camille continue to spread death and destruction today, triggering flash floods. And Hurricane Virginia. Camille shook the country. It was one of those rare Category 5 storms. And here's the problem. When the government built the levees to protect New Orleans, they designed them to hold off much smaller storms. Government officials didn't expect that such a massive hurricane could hit the city in our lifetimes or in our grandchildren's lifetimes. The country's chief hurricane expert declared today that Hurricane Camille was the greatest storm of any kind ever to hit the nation. Camille, Camille missed New Orleans, but only by 100 miles, which suggested that maybe government officials had been short-sighted. Then another Category 5 storm hit the country in the early 1990s. Remember Hurricane Andrew? Now officials in Louisiana started to worry more about New Orleans. They got another warning just a few years ago. Forecasters think Georges could strike New Orleans with 115-mile-an-hour winds. Thousands packed up and moved out, clogging evacuation routes. And that taught everybody a troubling lesson. Joe Sejeda, the scientist with a big stick, drives me through the city to explain. Well, Hurricane George, or George A, was one for which the track had the potential of uh, flooding the city. So the people were given a mandatory evacuation order to evacuate the city. And government officials had made elaborate plans so the population could evacuate smoothly. We keep passing blue street signs marked hurricane evacuation route. The government had organized fleets of buses to rescue tens of thousands of people who didn't have cars. At the last minute, Hurricane Georges faded to a weaker storm and it veered away, which was lucky because the evacuation was a fiasco. And what happened to the people that did evacuate is that they got into massive traffic jams, and many of them spent the worst part of the hurricane either on the highway, stopped, or had pulled off to the side of the road. You know, supposing the hurricane had really walloped New Orleans, here are all these thousands and thousands of people in their cars, trapped on the roads. What would happen to them? Many of our uh, evacuation routes are subject to flooding and uh, they would be washed away and there would be really no way for the help that is emergency services people to get to them to help them. And there's another reason why scientists worry more about hurricanes every single year. There's always been a huge natural buffer that helps protect New Orleans from storms. There are miles of wetlands between here and the Gulf of Mexico. They slow hurricanes down as they blow in from the sea, but that buffer is disappearing every year a chunk of wetland the size of Manhattan crumbles and turns into open water. So the hurricane can move closer to the city before it starts to decrease its intensity. So in effect, the city is moving closer to the Gulf as each year goes by. And he says it's partly because of those levees along the Mississippi River. 
It turns out that when the government stopped the river from flooding, it prevented the wetlands from getting their regular doses of flood water and mud that they need to survive. Sahita studies show that if the wetlands keep vanishing over the next few decades, then you won't need a giant storm to devastate New Orleans. A much smaller hurricane could do the job. That's why Walter Maestri and his colleagues are getting ready at the Emergency Command Center in Jefferson Parish. He says if the hurricane comes, they'll seal themselves inside. This is the communication center here. At every station, we've got fire, we've got emergency medical, we've got public works, National Guard, because... Maestri says picture what happens if a huge storm strikes just to the east of the city. The hurricane is spinning counterclockwise. It's now got a wall of water in front of it some 30, 40 feet high. As it approaches the levees that surround the city, it tops those levees. The water comes over the top, and first, the communities on the west side of the Mississippi River go under. Now, Lake Pontchartrain, which is on the, the eastern side of the community, that water from Lake Pontchartrain is now pushed on to that population, which has been fleeing from the western side, and everybody's caught in the middle. The bowl now completely fills. And we've now got the entire community underwater, some 20, 30 feet underwater. Remember all those levees that the U.S. Army built around New Orleans to hold smaller floods out of the bowl? Maestri says now those levees would doom the city because they'll trap the water in. It's going to look like a massive shipwreck. Everything that the water has carried in is going to be there and it's going to have to be cleaned out. I mean, alligators, uh, moccasins, God knows what, that lives in the surrounding swamps have now been flushed, literally, into the metropolitan area. And there's no way for them to get out because they're inside the bowl now. There's no water to drink. There's no water to use for sanitation purposes. All of your uh, sewage treatment plants are underwater. And, of course, the material is floating free in the community. The petrochemicals that are produced all up and down the Mississippi River, much of that has floated into this bowl. I mean, this has become the biggest toxic waste dump in the world now, is, is the, the city of New Orleans, because of what has happened. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers runs its own command post right on the banks of the river, and federal officials have ordered them to figure out what would it take after a disaster to get New Orleans back in shape. You'll find the Army Corps' chief researcher behind a warren of gray cubicles. He's assembling his findings in a three-ring notebook. Each of these maps shows a different area. This shows the airport where you flew in over to the old... Jay says nobody in America has faced these problems across an entire city. Not after an earthquake, not after floods, not after September 11th. Street signs will be gone. The things that you normally think, oh, I'm going to go down the corner of Broadway and, and St. Charles, and that place won't be there. Electricity. Electricity will be out. Power lines will be down everywhere. Transportation, automobiles. There won't be any. The Army people that come in will have to come in with special vehicles. Combe looks like Santa Claus with a tie. It's especially unnerving to hear him talk about disaster. He's trying to figure out, for instance, how will emergency workers start working in a city that's drowned in an 80-mile lake? New Orleans has protected itself from past floods, partly with the levees, but the city also operates one of the biggest pumping systems on Earth. There are giant turbines all across town. And every time there's a major rain, they suck up the water and pump it out. 
The problem is the city has been underwater, and the whole city has to be drained by those pumps. Since the pumps have been underwater, the pumps are flooded. They don't operate now. We have to get the pumps back in operation. And in order to get the pumps back in operation, we have to get the water out of the city. Catch-22. <laughs> That's correct. Researcher Jay Combe has reached a troubling conclusion. He's told his supervisors at the Army Corps of Engineers that if the hurricane hits New Orleans, then most of the buildings in the city would probably be destroyed. If the water didn't demolish them, the hurricane's horrific winds would. And Combe says that raises a question. How many people would die? Some researchers say 40,000. Some say 20,000. This Army Corps researcher says those figures are probably too low. I think of a terrible disaster. I think of 100,000. Do you dream sometimes about a hurricane? It's, it's strange you should ask that. I had a dream the other night about flooding, and that's unusual because I don't usually have bad dreams. I, I can't really remember the dream except that water was coming down a slope. I don't remember much of it, fortunately. I don't want to remember. Federal officials are so stunned by these sorts of findings that they're rethinking their assumptions about New Orleans. Officials in the U.S. Army say there's got to be a way to prevent some of that devastation. And so they'll study whether they should build more levees and build them higher. They'll study whether the region needs new highways so people can evacuate faster. Critics say, we don't need more construction, we need less. Here's Oliver Houck from Tulane University. Stop the foolishness of permitting yet more residential development. We are granting permits every week for new subdivisions right in the path of where this stuff is going to go. We're still covering those people with flood insurance, Daniel. And state and federal officials are asking Congress to launch a massive project to restore the region's natural defenses. They want billions of dollars to try to rebuild some of the crumbling wetlands, which buffer New Orleans from hurricanes raging up from the Gulf. Scientists say that's the best way to save the city, make that ancient shield of wetlands strong again. But even if the country started those projects tomorrow, it would take decades to see results. Scientists like Joe Sahada say they can't wait that long to protect New Orleans. So he's pushing a stopgap idea. Some people say it's sort of nutty. It's uh, a lifeboat, and uh, the lifeboat is there because it anticipates at some point possibly the main ship is going to sink. Some scientists believe that if a huge storm does hit New Orleans, the city would have to be abandoned, bulldoze the rubble, rebuild someplace else. But Sahada thinks they could save a piece of it. He wants the nation to build a massive wall around the downtown heart of New Orleans. It'd be like the giant walls that protected medieval cities. It'd be almost three stories high and miles around. It would enclose the French Quarter and government buildings and a hospital and housing. So if a monster hurricane comes, at least that part of the city could survive. Sahada calls it the community haven. He shows me a small example. Okay. Well, what we're on now is a concrete wall that is of the type that uh, I was suggesting as a community haven. 
This one's about 20 feet high with grassy slopes that shields the nearby houses from the lake, sort of like a gated community. In fact, there's a pair of huge solid steel gates, like a bank vault, at the entrance to the neighborhood. So we would have a wall of this type, maybe a little bit higher, that would uh, enclose the community haven. Zaheda pictures the scenario like a disaster movie. A giant hurricane's approaching. The alarm sounds. Get to the haven if you can. And so through gates like this, people would come in in buses, walking, or automobiles, and get behind the wall. I mean, is there a siren that says, you know, everybody get inside the gate, two minutes left, one minute left? Uh, you're exactly right. It would come down to a, a critical last few minutes. I can imagine people trying to carry their dogs and their, their prized possessions and fighting uh, winds that at this point would be very, very strong. Uh, some people probably falling down and, and, and uh, needing help, and maybe there'll be crews that would actually go out and try to assist these people. But there'd come a time when uh, the decision would have to be made to uh, uh, stop uh, any entrance to the haven. We've tried to find scientists who'd say that the predictions you've heard in the story will probably never come true, and we haven't been able to find them. The main debate seems to be, should the government spend billions of dollars to try to protect the city from a disaster that might not happen? Remember, scientists say that the odds are something like one in six that a giant hurricane will hit New Orleans over the next 50 years. Walter Maestri says maybe the city will be lucky. He says, on the other hand, if a killer hurricane does strike New Orleans, then you and the rest of the nation's taxpayers will have to pay the mind-boggling costs of dealing with the carnage and destruction. One of the things that's frustrating now, and for all of us in, the, in my business, is that if that Category 5 hurricane comes to New Orleans, 50,000 people could lose their lives. Now, that is significantly larger than any estimates that we would have of individuals who might lose their lives from a terrorist attack. When you start to do that kind of calculus, and it's horrendous that you have to do that kind of calculus, it appears to those of us in, in, in emergency management that the risk is much more real and much more significant when you talk about hurricanes. I don't know that anybody, though, psychologically has come to grips with that, that the French Quarter of New Orleans could be gone. As you stroll through New Orleans, it seems like people who live here have come to grips, in a way. Their TV stations and newspapers run big stories about how their world might disappear. Most say they wouldn't live anyplace else. My name is Patricia. I came here from Texas, set one foot into the French Quarter, and I said, oh yes, this is where I want to be. If you like drive through New Orleans, you have like this really great smell, like instantly you're hungry. It's like good barbecue, good gumbo, good Cajun food. It's like living in another country. Bourbon Street is, is wild. Wow. <laughs> it's wild. If you walk in the night or during a, a fog, it's 17th century. It's my jazz band. Of course, if we ever get a hurricane, that's it. <laughs> if there were a hurricane here, a real one, the city would be underwater in a moment. But I wouldn't evacuate the city. It seemed like every time you look at a hurricane coming, you think it's going to hit you, then it don't. They would never be able to get this place evacuated. I'd stay right here. Because the worst I could do is die. When God says something happened to you, it's going to happen anyway. I was here when they thought George was coming through. I thought, well, I'll live and die in New Orleans. 
It's better than living and dying in Dallas. <laughs> Residents of New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm Daniel Zwerdling for NPR News and American Radio Works.